Hey guys, welcome back to Fiction Fixation. We're your hosts. I'm Courtney. And I'm Rose. And this week we are going to be talking about the 1998 movie Practical Magic, starring Nicole Kidman and Sandra Bullock. We are kicking off spooky season. Spooky movie season. My favorite. (laughs) Uh, Dude, this movie was one of my favorite movies growing up. Same. I've watched this movie so many times. Didn't you say this is what you wanted to do when you got older? You wanted to be yes. like the witch in a in a town that everybody was scared of you? Yes, that's my dream in life. If I can't have that, I don't want it. I don't want old age if I can't have this. <laughs> I mean, honestly, what better way to leverage old age than to become a witch? Because like being old is not inherently scary, but being an old witch, like... That's scary. I want neighborhood children to not be terrified of me, but to be skeptical of coming to my house with their bullshit. So our movie starts with a voiceover kind of going over the history of the Owens women. Yeah, it shows their ancestor, Marie Owens. It shows her at the gallows getting ready to be hung for being a witch. And they said she was a witch because, one, she was a witch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and also... Hashtag facts. <laughs> facts. Also, she had some dalliances with the men in the town. And so the women are like, she has to die. Mm-hmm. It really sucks because she was pregnant and she actually ended up using her powers to save her life at the gallows. So they banished her to this island where she put a curse on the rest of the women in the family that any man who dares to love an Owens woman would die. Right. And it didn't start off as a curse. It was actually just Mm -hmm. kind of like a spell to kind of end her agony. And then it turned into a curse. So that's fun. I didn't realize you could accidentally curse your entire bloodline. Oh, yeah. It's not that hard. (laughs) It's really not... Um, rule of thumb here, let's just, let's not fuck around with curses. Like, let's just, let's not do it. So that's how our movie starts, actually. It shows us this flashback, and then it actually shows the two main characters, Sally, who's played by Sandra Bullock, and Jilly, who's played by Nicole Kidman. It shows them as children after their own father passed away due to this curse, It shows them going to live with their aunts. Yeah, I was so confused at first because I didn't understand how the how the mom died. But the mom died from a broken heart, which Mm -hmm. is apparently a thing. Like I've heard of it before. It is essentially like a deep depression where like your body just stops working. Jillian and Sally are two little girls that have to go live with their aunts because, you know, their mom died of a broken heart and their dad died of a curse. Um, But it must have been such a fun, like, house to grow up in for them. Right? Because when they first show up, they're like, in this house, we don't do homework or brush our teeth or hair and we have chocolate cake for breakfast. I'm like, oh my gosh, please adopt me. (laughs) One of the scenes they show of, like, the girls sort of coming of age in this town and growing up is that there's a stigma around their family. Everyone's like, oh, they're witches, which fair. But the kids have this chant called witch, witch, you're a bitch. They're getting bullied by the by the town kids. Here's what I don't understand about that. 
why would you bully witches? Like, why would you fuck with witches? Like, if you know or you suspect that someone has the ability to curse or hex or do, like, leave them alone. Yeah, like, why are you going to sit here and fuck with them? Listen, if I knew there was a witch in my town, she's going to be my best friend. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I need to know what that bitch is doing all the time. Right. Even though the aunts are shunned by the neighborhood people, anytime someone needs a spell because they're in love with a married man, Mm -hmm. guess who they go to? They're just like, hey, hey, bestie. What up? (laughs) Um, I took the burning cross off your lawn. Can you please... Can you please do this for me? And they're like, yeah, sure. I'll take your money and do the spell for you. You know, the girls are sitting on the stairs one time when the aunts are doing the spell and they see kind of the desperation that these women are going through by being in love. And Mm -hmm. child Sally is like, I don't want any of that smoke. I ain't doing it. So she cast a spell for an impossible man. Her idea is... If I cast a spell of my one true love and he doesn't exist, then I will never have to worry about it. I will never fall in love. Yeah. And, you know, he has one blue eye and one green eye. His favorite shape is a star. He can do that pancake flippy thing in the pan. I mean, is that hard? I can't do it. The problem is that Sally is obviously a child And the things that she thinks are impossible are, like, not really impossible. Like, you want to conjure up a man that's impossible to exist? Let's talk about emotional intelligence. Let's talk about accountability. He goes to therapy. He's dealing with his daddy issues. He goes to therapy. He admits when he's wrong. He doesn't. He has very healthy masculinity. He's a freak in the sheets, a feminist in the streets. Ooh. Ooh, I love that. I want that. Love it. Sally, little Sally, is Uh actually, she's a pretty talented witch. Yeah, Sally exhibited this at a young age and is able to really harness, control it, and use it pretty well. Mm -hmm. So then you have Jilly. Jilly is Sally's sister, her younger sister. She's a redhead and... She's she's the wild child here. She is, yeah. She is the wild child, and her powers haven't manifested quite as well as Sally's have. And the aunts are like, we're not worried about you. It'll come in its own time. Mm-hmm. That sort of carries on. We see these girls grow up, and mm-hmm. it cuts to them as, I don't know, maybe like te- like late teens, early 20s. Yeah, I'll go with that. Late teens, early 20s. Sandra Bullock looks the exact same as she does now. Jillian is played by, God, Nicole Kidman. I forgot how hot she was. I mean, she's still hot, uh-huh. but Nicole Kidman was like wild hot. Nicole Kidman. Yeah, she does. She has that wild look to her. She's Australian. Of course she does. <laughs> she's got spiders crawling in her hair. Is she still married to Keith Urban? Um, I don't know. I think so. I don't know. It's irrelevant. You know what? We could Google it, but let's just let's keep this a sacred time and place. We don't Google anything. Why Google when you can guess? (laughs) (laughs) Listen, it's called fiction fixation. Um, But we get to see Jilly and Sally as, you know, early 20s. um, And Jilly is sneaking out from a balcony to run away with a boy. Yeah, I mean, she tells Sally, like, I, I 
I just want to get out of here. Like, I don't care if this is the right guy or whatever. I just want to get out of this town. Um, yeah. And Sally's sad. You could tell she doesn't want her sister to go. She's like, what am I going to do here by myself? Yeah. Sally's really sad because her sister, like her lifelong best friend, is dipping for a dick. Right. Dipping for a dick. Yeah. Don't dip for dicks. That's so rude. I, what I didn't understand was Jilly's like an adult. Like, just use the front door. Just go. Well, you know what? I wonder how much control the aunts had over their lives because the aunts are chill, but you could tell the aunts also want things done the way they want them done. Yeah. And they are not afraid to use magic to get things done. No, we see that. We see that in a couple scenes that they ain't afraid. So that's what I mean. Maybe Jillian snuck out because she knew that if she told the aunts, they would try to intervene. Uh, I don't know. I don't want to think of the aunts in a bad light at all because, like, they're my heroes. So I mean, heroes can be problematic. That's honestly that's kind of the problem with our youngest generation right now is that they don't understand that heroes can be problematic. Like all of our yeah. heroes were problematic in some way. That's fair, but. You know, Jilly runs away with this dude. But before she does, her and Sandra do one of the creepiest things that anybody does. And people do it in several movies. But I just, it makes me squirm. Yeah, they take a switchblade and they cut into their palms and then they hold blood hands. I don't like it. Honestly, that's less creepy to me than when people like spit into their hands and shake. No, it's the... Have you never been through a bloodborne pathogen safety course? You're not wrong. It, there could be a, a bloodborne illness that could be passed on. Um, moving, moving on. I don't know how to segue from that. <laughs> <laughs> so it feels like a few months have passed at this point, and Sally and the aunts are out walking the town, running errands. The neighborhood children are fleeing. Parents are covering their child's eyes. Yeah. And we're not even exaggerating. This is legit happening. Yeah. And the aunts love it. You could tell that the aunts eat up that reputation that they have of like yeah. being the town witches. Well, and also they're they're not just kind of soaking through the town. They're like, good morning. Hello. Sally is expresso depresso. Yeah, her bestie sister is gone. She's just kind of sulking around behind the aunts. Mm -hmm. You could tell that she's just not happy. Um, but the aunts are up to something. They're acting a little sus. The aunts are definitely acting sus. And Sally and a dude delivering produce, um, they make eye contact. Mm -hmm. Just eye contact yeah and it's like sexy flirty eye contact it's the kind where he's walking one way she's walking another way they meet eyes and hold eyes as they continue walking and he's carrying oranges and it's just so erotic <laughs> he he has he just has all of these you know cucumbers and eggplants that he's carrying around He's pushing a wheelbarrow of phallic-shaped objects, and it's getting hot in here. It's getting hot on these Massachusetts streets, okay? <laughs> indecent, almost. This eye contact is almost indecent. Right. The aunts kind of share a side glance, and you could tell that there's something, like, they did something. Something's happening. 
they are definitely up to something. Mm-hmm. Anyways, the eye contact just kind of goes unacted upon. Sally's at home. The clock chimes. And Sally just makes a beeline straight back to where the delivery dude is. He's making a beeline for her. She's going to him. Yeah, Sally runs up to delivery dude jumps on top of him and they proceed to make out like they are long lost lovers. It's like they've been dating for years and they just and they've been apart for months and they're meeting at the airport. Yeah. That's that's this kiss. Well it's like you said, it got hot in these Massachusetts streets. Yeah. And then you see this, you know, whirlwind of them falling in love and they have children and mm-hmm. They're starting to sort of fight the stigma of, you know, the family. It's interesting because Sally and this guy get married. You know, they have two kids, but they stay in the town, I guess, because they're both from the town. But it's just interesting Mm -hmm. because Sally doesn't seem to like the town, but she stays there. Yeah, it's familiar. The devil, you know, you know. Mm-hmm. The sisters have been riding back and forth, updating each other while Sally is falling in love and becoming a wife and a mother. Uh, you have Jilly, who is hopping from beach town to beach town and motel to motel and man to man. And she's talking about her newest man quest. Mm-hmm. His name is Jimmy Angel Glove. First red flag. First red flag, right? This guy has a very dark energy to him. And Jillian seems really into it. Like, obsessed with him. Okay, first of all, he's hot. He's Bulgarian. He's He has dark features, very sultry, very, like... Exotic. Exotic. Can you say that as a white person? Can you say exotic? I don't think I'm I can. Kidding. No, go ahead. You said it, too. So, like... I'm just kidding. I'm just, I'm just fucking with you. Rose is here trying to cancel me. Not today. Not today. Anyways, but Jimmy, first of all, problem number one, his name is Jimmy. Problem number two, he he looks like a bad dude. Well, that it's I think it's what I said. He has a dark energy to him. So he has a lot of fuckboy energy, but not like normal fuckboy energy. He has like, I have a dungeon in my house where I keep girls like you fuckboy energy. Yeah, he's you could tell he's not a good dude and this is not going to go well for Jilly. Yeah, there's just something I want to say about romanticizing, like, the obsessive, broody guy. It's not it. No, don't. It never goes well. That's toxic. He's toxic, baby. Yeah, and that's what we see. That's the energy we see from him. He's obsessed with her, and that mm-hmm. obsession turns dark so quickly. Like, it turns dangerous. Yeah, it turns dangerous. And while Jilly is falling for... This dangerous mofo, Sally, is living her best life with her husband who she loves Mm. until she hears the tick, 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 tick of the Death Watch beetle. Yeah, one night, Sally hears the Death Watch beetle chirping, and there's a legend in her family that any time you hear that beetle is because the person you love is going to die. After her husband goes to work, first of all, if I heard that beetle, he wouldn't be going fucking nowhere. Right. Stay in the house. We sick today. But (laughs) she tears up her whole fucking floorboard 
can't you just get some raid? Wouldn't that have been easier? And the thing too, it's like, don't kill the beetle. It's not the beetle's fault that your family is cursed. Like the beetle is just trying to warn you. Like you don't have to murder the beetle. Well, I think if you kill the beetle, the death doesn't happen. Okay. I mean, that seems to be what she thinks because she's literally pulling up the wood floorboards of her house. Babes, there must have been an easier way. Yeah. And so, like you said, just keep him home. But yeah, so her husband is out there with his little boxes of phallic shaped produce. Mm -hmm. And then someone yells, look out. And there's a horde of bicyclists that just turned a corner. And that to me, I was like, if he dies like this, he got done dirty. If he dies like this. How embarrassing. You got run over by 200 cyclists. Like, how are there even this many cyclists in this small town? It's a small town. Well, I mean, I guess in a small town, you don't really need a car. Everyone just cycles. No, but you could tell it's like a gang. It's like yeah. gang of cyclists. <laughs> well, they're all wearing like the same outfits. And yeah. they're just like, they just go right through him. They don't even try to like yeah, they just, stop. They go right through him. But like, they 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 don't hit him. And he's like... Huh, dodge that bullet, then he gets hit by a fucking car. There's like a truck that comes out of nowhere. Yeah. And again, I'm like, what is happening in this town? <laughs> like, like, first of all, it's a small town. It looks like literally the whole town square is on one street. Mm-hmm. And not only are there bicyclists that are speeding down the road, then it, there's a truck coming from the other direction. Yeah. That truck could have hit the cyclists. I, You know what? I'm not asking any questions. It's plot. But <laughs> plot. But yeah, so the husband, Michael is his name. He gets hit by a truck and dies. And you just see all of his, um, you know, zucchinis as big as your arm go up in the air. (laughs) You're wrong for that. It was a sad scene. It was a sad scene, especially because the Death Watch beetle stops chirping and Sally knows. Right. Sally knows the moment that he died. So Sally, being heartbroken like she is, she goes to the aunts just like the women of the town have. But instead of asking for a love spell, she demands that her um that her aunts bring back Michael. She's like, you can do it. I know you can do it. Bring him back. Sally said that she saw a spell in the book after her parents died and she knows it's possible. And the aunts say, if you try to bring someone back from the dead, they will come back as something dark and unnatural. Yeah, they're like, it's not that we can't, it's that we won't. We're not talking about Edward from Twilight, Undead. We're talking about like zombie from um, The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. Undead. Yeah, um, they are 100% against it. And Sally does eventually concede that that's not what she wants. The aunts also admit to Sally that they also cast a spell to bring her and her husband together, Mm -hmm. which Sally didn't realize. And I'm like, it's kind of weird the way that spell worked because she just ran up and kissed this guy and never knew that it was a spell, you know? Maybe she thought it was fate. Whatever. Maybe she thought she was just being crazy. Like, I'm just having a loosey-goosey day. Just having a silly, (laughs) just in a silly, goofy mood. Gonna go kiss a stranger. So now Sally is back to being espresso depresso. She has to take her two little girls who, by the way, look very similar to her and her sister growing up. One has dark hair, one has yep. red hair. And she moves in with the aunts. She is very determined for her girls to have a different experience of the aunts than she did with her sister. So essentially, she tells her aunts... 
my children will never practice magic. While Sally is all espresso depresso and in bed and barely moving, you have Jilly, who is in some sort of like criminal minds episode with Jimmy. <laughs> um, and so one night she drugs him. Well, she drugs him a lot of nights, but this particular night she drugs Jimmy. Well, yeah, because it just seems like her and Jimmy are just like in this very intense. And she says it like that. They that he's so intense. She can't get away from him. She can't. She could barely get away from him to go pee. And so she grabs the bottle and mm-hmm. kind of drugs him so he could sleep so that she could go see her sister. I mean, first of all, I'm kind of mad at Jillian for not getting there sooner. Like yes. your sister's husband died. And you are just now coming out. Like, it seems like she missed the funeral because she was so sucked into Jimmy the Bulgarian's world. Well, and see, here's the thing. She doesn't see the aunts when she's there. She sneaks in after dark and sneaks out before morning. But they spend the night bonding, though. They do. They spend the night bonding, which seems to be really what Sally needed. Sally needed Mm -hmm. her sister. And her sister essentially tells her that she's going to get out of bed. She's going to take care of her daughters. She's going to brush her fucking teeth and her hair. And she's going to move on with life. So Jillian tells Sally about Jimmy the Bulgarian. Mm -hmm. And she describes him as a Dracula cowboy. And I was like, oh, my God, he is a Dracula cowboy. No, that's right. He is. I I don't know. It fits so well. And I don't understand how Dracula, like how cowboy Dracula really works. But it does. (laughs) just go with it (laughs) yeah uh when Jillian was there Sally had told her that her and Michael had planned on opening up this botanical store um where he would get the ingredients and she would make the lotions and the soap and the shampoo and the oils and she goes ahead and she opens that shop Sally wants nothing to do with witchcraft, and yet she opens up this, like, store that's very witchy. Yeah, she—it it makes little sense to me, but you know what? Her husband just died. Allow her sort of the break from logic. <laughs> her store sells, like, shampoos and soaps and stuff like that, but it also seems to—like, I feel like the hook is, like— Soaps and shampoos made by a witch. You know, like these are but special. Like, not, you know, not made by a witch. Wink, wink, wink. <laughs> well, Sally's home. Um, She still lives with the aunts right now. Her and the girls are living with the aunts. And Sally's at home and she's looking up and she sees a ring around the moon. And she's like, oh, trouble's coming. That stuck with me in this movie. The rest of my life, whenever I saw a ring around the moon, I was like, I just turned into like Sandra Bullock and I'm just like, trouble is near. (laughs) (laughs) You turned into a witch. You're like, yes, we should stay home tonight. Sally and Jillian have been writing each other back and forth, like updating each other on their lives. Yeah. And on this one night, Sally is writing this like very vulnerable letter to Jillian. Mm -hmm. In the letter, she says, sometimes I feel like there's a hole inside of me, an emptiness that at times seems to ache. And when I tell you, like, I wanted to bottle up that angst Mm -hmm. when I was little, like, I was just like, oh, my God, that's how I want to feel, too. (laughs) How dumb were we? I know. Mm -hmm. I know. Now we get anxiety about, like, 
did I did I secure my shopping cart in the cart return well enough? Or is it gonna slide <laughs> out? And unwillingly, like, am I gonna cause a freak accident? Am I gonna am I gonna ding somebody's car? Yeah. Did I unplug the hair dryer? Did I unplug the hair straightener? Um, so yeah, so Sally writes this letter to her sister, very deeply personal, poetic. Like, let me tell you, she missed her her calling as a poet. Yeah. Um, so Sally goes out, she puts the letter in the mailbox, and then hears the phone ringing inside. And automatically, she's like, oh, it's Jilly. And so she's running to the phone. The aunts are running to the phone. They're like, it's Jillian. She's in trouble. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, it's Jillian and she's in trouble. Jillian is in Arizona and she says, I need you to come get me. So... Uh, like a real ride or die, Sally immediately tells the aunts, I need you to watch the girls. I am going to go get Jillian. And the aunts are like, well, we we have to go. Like we had some place we needed to be, but we'll take the, the girls with us, the little girls. Yeah, they're going to the Solstice Festival. Sally doesn't really have a choice. So she's like, fine, take the girls. But they cannot dance naked under the full moon. Like, why not? Because they're children. Like, is there ever a bad time to dance naked under the full moon? Um, I feel like I'm the one that should be arguing that point. And like, <laughs> no, I just feel like if my neighbors wouldn't call the cops because mm-hmm. I live in the suburbs, if my neighbors wouldn't call the cops, I would dance naked in the full moon. I'm pretty sure my neighbors have seen me naked. How? Because um, the hot tub, like in my mind, that one time I got in the hot tub naked all of my neighbors were outside and I didn't see them, but they saw me. They were all peering through. They were all in the same room, peering out the same window. Yeah. Going, ha titties. <laughs> like Rose said, Sally's a fucking ride or die. Sally gets on a plane, shows up at this motel and like swoops in for her sister's rescue. She finds Jillian kind of cowering in the corner of a room with a huge black eye so it's obvious that jimmy the bulgarian did what jimmy the bulgarians do um and beat her up Mm. they leave the motel and they're on their way to like the car so they can get back to the airport and jilly sees blood on the moon the moon it has a red tinge to it and like a red circle around it she's like mm-hmm. blood on the moon i need my tiger's eye i need my tiger's eye i was wondering what is up with the tiger's eye why it's important a tiger's eye is like a um it's a stone like a crystal and it is for protection jillian insists she goes and finds her tiger's eye hanging in jimmy's car yeah and she grabs it, but before she can get out of the car, Jimmy snatches her. Right, because he's there, chilling in his car like a weirdo, like a Dracula cowboy. Uh, it's so creepy because he's like holding her hostage in the back seat of this fucking car. Yeah, so when Sally comes up to, to see what's taking Jillian so long, she sees that her sister has been witch-napped by the Bulgarian Dracula cowboy. This is weird. (laughs) Yeah. And Jimmy tells Sally, get in the car. You're going to drive. Where the fuck is he taking them? I don't think he knows. I think this guy, what they don't show in the movie is like actual drug use. But you Mm -hmm. could just tell this guy is like coked out out of his mind. Yeah, he definitely has that coked out 
feel to him. And he's not like a fun coked out, you know what I mean? He's not Wolf of Wall Street coked out. Jimmy the Bulgarian makes Sally drive and he's like back there saying weird things and talking about weird stuff and Sally's so freaked out and at one point Jimmy turns on a lighter he burns his ring and tries to brand Jillian which causes Sally to like lose her shit at the driver's seat. Yeah but Sally and Jilly have this like mental discussion Right. It's like a witchy communication through the rearview mirror. Hey, the belladonna is in my purse. The belladonna is a sedative and it's the herb that Jilly's been using to sedate Mm -hmm. Jimmy so she can sleep and pee. Oh my God, that's so nuts. Yeah. So Sally takes the bottle from Jimmy and kind of just dumps the belladonna in it. She she wasn't measuring. No, she wasn't using teaspoons. She just dumps the whole bag in there. And then we cut to what seems to be several minutes later, they have stopped for a pee break. Jimmy is like peeing on the side of the road, still not knocked out. Yeah. And Jilly's like, you didn't give him enough. And Sally tells her, I gave him enough. I gave him plenty. I gave him everything. Um, yeah, I, I I gave him all of it. He gets back in the car and he starts trying to strangle Jilly. It's so weird. Like he, why why did he do that? Why did he start choking her? Coke, <laughs> coke, coke. Yeah, Jimmy starts choking Jillian, and then Sally gets on top of him, starts beating him in the back of the head. He's still choking Jillian, and then suddenly he stops. And Jillian's like, "Oh my god, he passed out! Thank God, like it worked." Mm-hmm. When Sally tries to pull this dude off of Jilly, his eyes are wide open because he dead. Oh, he he died, died. Like, he's dead, dead. He's as dead as Will Trainer. What is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> How are you going to bring up Will Trainer, the guy from Me Before You? He's as dead as Jack Dawson. Okay. Courtney wants all the smoke today. I'll bring the smoke. (laughs) Yes. So Jimmy is dead. So, you know, naturally an argument ensues between the sisters. Jillian is like, how much did you give him? Sally is like, he was trying to kill you. I wasn't measuring. Yeah. Like uh, all of it. How much was in the bottle? Fuck. So they're like, oh, my God, what do we do? First of all, they're driving around with a body in the back seat. Right. They just, Sally gets back in the driver's seat. She starts driving. But, I mean, you could see that, like, first of all, Sally has everything to lose because she Mm -hmm. has daughters. She has a business. She's like, we need to go to the cops. Like, it was self-defense. And honestly, like, it was self-defense. It was self-defense, but they're like, oh, yeah, the good old slowly poisoned him to death self-defense because it looks bad. I don't know. I mean, but obviously for plot reasons, they don't go to the cops. Like, are you kidding me? We don't want that to happen. Yeah, like, I I wouldn't have gone to the cops either. I don't know what I would have done. You wouldn't? Here's the thing. I wouldn't have taken his body back to my fucking house. Right. So this is what the girls do. So as Sally is driving with Jimmy's body in the back and Jillian freaking out and they're trying to figure out what to do, Jillian comes up with an idea. Her idea is essentially, hey... Remember that spell you found when after mom and dad died? We can bring him back. Sally's like, okay, let me stop you right there. The aunt said that even if we could bring someone back from the dead, they would come back as something dark and unnatural. Jilly's like, Jimmy's already dark and unnatural. 
He'll come back the same. <laughs> It'll cancel out. It'll be like dark and unnatural square root. Mm-hmm. I like to talk about math a lot, like as though I know what it means. And like in my head, I feel very smart when I say that. I married a math teacher, so I don't have to worry about numbers ever again. You were playing the long game. I listen, I'm I'm not about that kind of life, to be honest. So you're like, I never have to count again. <laughs> Yeah, they drag his dead body into the house and lay him on the table where they, like, I'm assuming, eat. Right. Well, the thing, too, is, like, remember that Sally flew to Jillian and now they drove back? So it's like they must have been with that dead body for hours and hours in the car. Oh, my God. Throw him in the trash where he belongs. They're trying to do the spell and... You know, Sally is walking Jilly through it. They have to insert needles through his eye. Ew, I know. Which, like, for me, that would have been like, you know what? No, take me to jail. I did it. Take me to jail. (laughs) Yeah, so they had to put needles through his eyes, and then they had to put a white star on him. And Jilly's like, the only thing I could find was this. And she hands Sally a can of ready whip spray whipped cream do you know what the grossest part of this movie is is the fact that that they draw the star with whipped cream then they start chanting and sally dips her finger into the whipped cream Mm -hmm. that's on this dead man's chest and then licks her finger Ew! that freaks me out like i never got over that part they complete the spell okay and he comes back it's crazy because he like instantly comes back to life And the first thing he does is he starts choking Jillian and saying, I want you to be my bride. I want you to be my bride. Okay. Listen, I find red flags really hot sometimes. I think I draw the line like before this, before (laughs) this, um, trying to murder me is not sexy. Well, and it's also not the proper way to propose you know like listen bro how is she gonna answer she might be trying to say yes but she can't breathe she can't breathe sally being the ride or die bitch that she is picks up a cast iron skillet and starts beating him over the head with it right until they like basically kill him again for the second time double homicide Um, So Jimmy is dead for the second time and they drag him back out to the backyard and they bury him in the backyard, which I'm just kind of like, um... It feels like a bad idea. But you know what, though? From watching a lot of true crime kind of shows, what I've seen is that a lot of times the bodies that they don't discover for a long, long time are the ones that are buried on private property. Yeah, that's if you don't have any connections to your victim. You know, being the ex-girl, being the technically the girlfriend and the sister of the girlfriend like you're pretty high on the list of suspects babes yeah pretty high on the list of suspects sally and jillian try to go about their day as though nothing happened like they didn't just murder someone twice twice yeah and then bury them in the backyard It's kind of scary, like, people's ability to just go on with their lives after something crazy happens, but we do it all the time. Yes, we do. There was an insurrection on our nation's capital, and then we're like, all right, well, what's for dinner? (laughs) Yeah, Sally and 
everybody just kind of go on with their day. And this is actually a pretty, on top of just murdering a man twice, this is actually a pretty big day for Sally. Yeah, and Sally doesn't tell Jillian this. Sally's employees at her little witchy not witchy shop witchy slash not witchy shop tell Jillian you know Sally's in a bad mood because today is phone tree day phone tree day is where the moms of the PTA of the school it's where they say you know who is at the top of the phone tree and then who is the tiny little bitch branches at the bottom And the purpose of it is, you know, for in case of an emergency, like who's in charge of kind of gathering people in case of an emergency. And really what it is, is it's it's a popularity contest and it's a show of like confidence in the women. And so the fact that Sally is never chosen to be on the phone tree hurts her feelings because Sally wants to be normal. She wants to be like your average mom. She wants to be a PTA mom. Courtney, if there was a phone tree... I don't want to be on it. Like, if there's an emergency, just text me. Don't call me. Don't ever put me on a phone tree of any kind. Don't call me. Um, same. So, yeah. So, Sally goes off to the school for this big phone tree day of all the moms gathering to decide who is the most trustworthy mom. And I think this next part is kind of shitty on Jilly's part because she shows up and makes a scene Yeah, well, I mean, okay, she shows up to kind of be there for Sally, but then all the moms start whispering, like, oh, that's Jillian Owens. Like, she slept with so-and-so, and and she has tattoos. And, you know, obviously Jillian has a reputation. It's already a rough day for her sister. It's already a rough day for Sally. And she goes in and she makes a scene. She starts sort of, like, dancing, and she's like, hide your husband's. I know. I love that part. She's like, that's right. I'm back. Hide your husbands, ladies. And I'm like, girl, you could have my husband if you could just be around me. (laughs) (laughs) She's so hot. She is so hot. But honestly, like, why would you do that to your sister? Dude, what I want to talk about is the fact that one of the women says something about Jillian and and the woman gets slapped in the face by the air. Sally looks at Jilly and says, stop that. And Jilly goes, that wasn't me. That was you. And this is what I don't understand about their magic. Like, they can slap people with their magic. Like, that's wild to me. I would be uncontrollable. I would be slapping everyone all the time. You would not be able to stop me. That's all I would do. (laughs) I would be uncontrollable. (laughs) Just walking through that Chick-fil-A pickup line. Yeah, I mean, needless to say, we would use our powers for evil. Yep. Anyways, moving on to the phone tree day. The the lady starts, she reads the second from the top and the third from the top. And then she goes, I'm proud to announce that the top of the phone tree is, and it says Sally. Yeah. And then the woman is confused because she knows that Sally is never chosen. And she starts flipping through the pages and all the pages say Sally. And so when she announces it, Jillian is like, oh, my God, congratulations, Sally. Yeah. And and then Jilly looks over and goes, that was me. The implications that Jillian has the type of magic that could alter handwritings on a piece of paper across the room. That's wild to me. Yeah. I mean, that could definitely have some implications that were not 
entirely comfortable with. <laughs> well, I just mean in general, like if you could do that, like why are they fucking around with like herbs and spices? Like why are they just not stretching those muscles? Why are they not president? <laughs> why are they not president? They can slap people from across the room. They can change what, you know, pages say. Like, I don't know. I just think I want to see more of that. I, I would really like to explore their powers more. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, And this night, they have one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie. It, it's Midnight Margaritas. Yeah. You know, I do love this scene because it just shows how Sally and Jillian are kind of falling back into their bond. Mm -hmm. And not just their bond with each other, but their bond with the aunts. Yeah. They're... Things are starting to go back to, quote, normal, you know? The aunts are downstairs, and they're casting a spell. Um, and they're making margaritas in a blender. Mm -hmm. Jilly hears the sound of the blender and wakes up. And then she goes and wakes up Sally. I guess this is kind of like a tradition for them. Midnight margaritas, you know? they mm -hmm. If you hear the blender in the middle of the night... It's time for midnight margaritas. And so they get up and they're so excited and they run downstairs and the aunts are pouring the margaritas. Yeah. And they're just dancing and drinking margaritas. I know. They're they're dancing to that song. You like put you... the lime in the coconut and shake it all up. Yeah. And they are just dragging each other a little bit, too. And it's fantastic. There's something happening because you could see that they're saying really mean things to each other. And it's like, is it because mm -hmm. they're drunk or is something else happening? Mm -hmm. It's happening to all of them. And what really kind of turns the table is when the aunts start singing a song. Yeah, the, the aunts start singing a song that Jimmy the Bulgarian used to sing all the time. Mm -hmm. And then Sally and Jillian obviously get very freaked out and they see that the aunts are holding a bottle of tequila. And, mm -hmm. it, and it's the bottle of tequila that Jimmy used to drink from. Yeah. And they're like, where did you get this bottle? The aunts are like, someone left it on the porch. Hold on a second. Someone left an open bottle of tequila on your porch and you're like, awesome. Midnight margaritas time. Yes, exactly. That's exactly what happened. Witches be crazy. Witches be crazy. At this point, Sally and Jilly are just freaked the fuck out. Jilly takes the bottle and smashes it in the sink. And then at that point, the aunts are like, what the fuck is going on? What did you do? Right. Because the second that Jillian smashes the bottle, it's like a spell breaks. And then the aunts are like, OK, something is happening. And they try to ask, mm -hmm. you know, they're like, girls, what did you do? And the girls don't want to own up to the fact that there is a dead body. By the way, it just occurred to me, they buried a dead body at the aunt's house. Like, that's not even their house. Right? The aunts are going to go down for that shit. <laughs> After the girls refuse to tell the aunts what has happened, the aunts leave. The aunts tell the little girls that they're leaving. Mm -hmm. The aunts give one of the little girls a message to give to Sally. The next day at breakfast, Sally and Jilly don't realize that the aunts have left. They're just kind of having breakfast with the girls. They're really hungover. One of Sally's daughters is standing by the window, staring outside. The mom says, can you go get the mint from the garden before school? And the little girl says, not while he's out there. 
in in the movie, we see Jimmy the Bulgarian standing out there. Mm -hmm. But when Sally and Jillian look, he's not there. But they know because they said the man under the rose bushes that grew overnight. Mm -hmm. Which is where he was buried. Sally's like, let's go get the aunts. And the little girl, one of the little girls says, oh, you can't. They left. Yeah, the aunts are gone. And the little girl says, oh, but they left you a message. Clean up your own mess. The aunts peaced out. They gave the little girls a protection charm and then dipped. I mean, honestly, this is like the first kind of parenting thing we've seen from the aunts because they were basically like, it's a harsh lesson, but we need to Mm -hmm. teach them not to keep things from us. And you know what? Especially because the aunts specifically asked and you can tell the aunts were ready and willing to help. Right. Like these are not your normal aunts. Like these aunts will help you like bury a body. They would 100% have helped bury a body. Honestly, the aunts probably had better ideas Mm -hmm. to get rid of a body than burying it in the yard. They're like, oh, no, let's use this spell that turns the body into eggshells. Right. Well, (laughs) yes. And you know what else? I feel like the aunts would help anybody bury a body. Like not just... For the right price. Right. Like... Literally, anyway, I they would have helped them, but anyway. Listen, this movie would have been less, would have been half as interesting if they would have just gotten rid of the body before they came home. Right. When Sally's little girls go to school, Sally and Jillian go out to the backyard where the rose bushes that grew overnight. Mm-hmm. Jillian is having a, like kind of a mental breakdown. She's like, leave us alone, Jimmy. So Sally sends Jillian inside and then Sally starts frantically cutting up the rose bushes. Mm-hmm. It's like the rose bushes slept with her husband. Yeah, she is mad. <laughs> and while she's out there destroying these rose bushes... An officer of the law shows up. Yeah, well, this guy in a brown suit, which I'm like, oh, God, this is so cringe. But it was the late 90s. Like, listen, this was a spiffy suit in 1998. It was a spiffy suit. And the guy's not a bad looking dude. I mean, I wouldn't say he's hot, but he definitely has a charm to him. The guy introduces himself as Gary Hallett, and he says he's a special investigator for the state prosecutor's office in Tucson. And that is where Jilly and Jimmy were at, was Tucson. Yeah, he wants to talk to Jillian. Because Jimmy's missing, and people actually looked for him. (laughs) What? What? Sally asks him, you know, why are you here? Like, why why did you come here? And he holds up a letter. Um, He holds up a letter, and it's a letter that... Sally had written to Jillian. Well, it was actually that very, very personal, vulnerable letter that she wrote to Jillian the night everything happened because she had mm-hmm. just put it in the mailbox when Jillian called. And it's so weird because we heard her narrating the letter as she wrote it. And like, mm-hmm. what could possibly be in that letter that would be evidence or suspicious to a crime that hadn't happened yet? And she calls him out for it. She says, what could you possibly gain from reading my letter? Mm-hmm. And he doesn't have an answer because the answer was nothing. Sally makes the biggest mistake that you could do when an investigator rolls up to your house. What mistake is that? She invites him in. I wrote this whole paper, this whole research paper, on how it can be more dangerous to talk to the police as an innocent person than it would be as a guilty person. Because Mm -hmm. when you're innocent, you're not thinking about what can incriminate you because you didn't do anything. 
So yeah. you're just blabbing, blabbing, blabbing. And meanwhile, a guilty person knows what to not say because they're guilty. No, that makes a lot of sense. When the cop does go in to talk to Jilly, Jilly's just so frazzled. She's like, what? He's missing. What? Jimmy? Yeah, they basically try to stick to the story that Jimmy hit Jillian and they haven't seen him since. That she left him and they haven't seen him since. Yeah, he says, whose car is that out there? Obviously, he knows that it's Jimmy the Bulgarian's car in the driveway. Obviously. The thing is that Sally cannot lie. No, she cannot. She's terrible at it. Uh, Sally goes, okay, yes, we stole it. And I know that's a crime, but he basically kidnapped us. And he's like, what? He kidnapped you? And she's like, well, not really. Like, Yeah, she's like, it, it, was, it was a little nap. It was just a little nap. <laughs> yeah. And she, again, she is a frazzled little mess and it's adorable. Well, this is Sandra Bullock at her finest when she mm -hmm. has to be frazzled and kind of trip over her words. Like this is when she's gold. You know, this is the Sandra Bullock we love. So at first you think the cop's there because Jimmy's missing and somebody cared enough to call the police. You would be wrong. The cop is there because um, Jimmy's a suspect in a string of murders of women where he branded his ring into their bodies. Right, like he tried to do in the car when he was holding Jillian hostage in the back of the car. So, I mean, it this kind of, it's an awkward situation because you kind of want to be like, okay, officer, I know you're looking for this murderer, but you don't have to worry because he's he's been murdered. We did, yeah. We did a reverso Uno reverse card. We did an Uno reverse card on the murderer, um, and now well, he's actually, dead. it's an Uno reverse then a plus two because they killed him twice. You're welcome, officers. Um, the thing is, he knows that they are lying. Like he knows that these women are are lying to him. But I think he thinks that they're hiding Jimmy. Yes, I think that he thinks that. They're hiding him, and that's why he's so persistent. Honestly, this dude seems like a pretty chill dude. If he, if they would have went to him and been like, "Hey, we murdered him," actually, they would have been. He would have been like, "Okay, it was self defense, right?" Like, uh, yeah. Technically, the second time it was self defense. Well, really, both times it was self defense. He had kidnapped them, and and you know, it was like accidental self defense, but. The bludgeoning in the head was 100% self-defense. He woke up and we were trying to stab needles in his eyes, so he strangled us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the cop goes to interview the townspeople, and he is probably he did not expect this when he woke up today. This was not what he thought he was getting. Well, first of all, the people in the town, these women on, in town are so excited to talk shit about the Owen sisters. Yeah, they're like, they're weird, okay? I'm not saying they're witches, but a lot of weird stuff happens when they're here. And he actually swings by Sally's shop to talk to her. He's making some hella flirty eyes, okay? Gary, the investigator tells Sally that he wants to talk to her tomorrow morning. Mm -hmm. And she says, okay, 10 a.m. And he says, it's a date. I'm like, sir? Sir? Settle down, Gary. Officer? Keep it in your pants. <laughs> but, dude, don't you agree that he's making hella flirty eyes at her? I might be wrong. I've never been, like, 
interviewed by a detective, but I feel like they don't say, we'll have our interview at 10 a.m. It's a date because I might catch feelings. You got to be careful. Gary, Gerald, Gerald, listen. (laughs) That's such an ugly name. He goes to see her the next morning, but... Before he gets there, Jillian decides that she needs to put a stop to this madness. Jillian has decided that the cop needs to get out of town, literally. So she is making a banishing spell to mix in the syrup of the pancakes because the cop is coming over for breakfast. Well, he's coming at 10 a.m. And so Jillian recruits her two nieces to help her in her plan. And so she recruits the youngest one like, hey, you have to make sure he stays for breakfast. And who can say no to that adorable face? I know. So the little girl opens the door when Gary comes to interview Sally and she's like, we're eat- we're eating breakfast. Are you going to have breakfast with us? And he's just kind of like, you could tell he kind of doesn't want to, but is also like, but what are you guys having? (laughs) Yeah, like, you know what? I don't really want breakfast, but I can be persuaded. While Jillian and her nieces are cooking up this banishing potion to put in the syrup, um, one of the little girls actually finds Sally's old little spell book. Mm -hmm. And it has the spell that she did a long time ago when she was little. It has the spell for the impossible perfect man. Right. And so the little girls start reading it and it says, you know, he can ride a pony backwards. His favorite shape is a star. He has one green eye, one blue. He can flip pancakes Mm -hmm. in the air. Yeah. And those are all qualities that apply to Gary, the detective. And not only does he have breakfast with them, he's helping them cook and set the table. Sally's girls are so excited that this man can flip a pancake in the air, which I'm kind of like, is that that hard to do? I feel like it's not. I think so. Well, they're so excited about it. And so when they all go out to eat outside, they all set up outside to eat. The little girls are asking him, like, can you ride a pony backwards? And he's like, sure, I can ride it forwards, backwards, sideways. Yeah. And they're like, oh, he's the man from the spell. Yeah, the little girls look at each other and they're just like, oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. So when Jillian comes out, super sus, holding a very special syrup in her hand, it's so suspicious. Like, she's like, oh, here, man who's investigating me, I made you a special syrup. The little girls are like, no, 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 no. And then they take it, run away, down onto a cliff and toss it into the ocean. (laughs) Jelly and Sally go to walk Gary out and there's a frog that's making a weird ass sound on a rock right next to them. Yeah, the frog throws up a ring and Jillian tries to play it off like, oh, it's a party trick. I've been looking for this ring, but it's very obviously a man's ring. And it's Jimmy's ring. Yeah. And dude, Gary is not having it. He's like, where do you what do you guys think you're playing at here? Yeah. He's like, you know what? He's like, I'm going to leave. You better get one hell of a lawyer. Sally and Jilly actually get into an argument. They get into this fight and Sally tells Jillian, I'm tired of cleaning up your messes. And it seems to be what Sally sort of done their whole life was clean up Jilly's messes. Right. But Jillian says, you keep trying to be normal and you're never going to be normal. She says, all my life, I wish I had half your talent. So, I mean, the the resentment is coming out. Like, there's a little bit of resentment there. Oh, yeah. There's a little bit of resentment there. And 
Sally makes the decision to go to the cop and come clean. Mm-hmm. And she goes to the cop. She she goes to talk to him, and he says, you should really get a lawyer first. And she's like, no, I don't want a lawyer. Well, he invites her into, like, the room he's renting while he's in town. Yeah, like his motel room. She sees her letter on his bed. Uh-huh. It seems like he has read it many times because it's not, like, tucked away. It's, like, out in the open, like he had just finished reading it. They have this really tense moment. He turns off the recorder where he was kind of recording her confession or statement. He's like, you really need to get a lawyer before you talk to me. They're standing face to face. And, you know, Sally says, what if I told you I did it? What if I told you I killed him? What would you do? Like, are you going to put me in jail because I'm because I'm murderer like this not around anymore? Uh huh. And he says, it's not up to me to decide, you know, like, yeah, he, he needs to be held accountable. And Sally says he's been punished. Yeah, I can assure you he's been punished. And again, they're like right next to each other. They are centimeters away from each other. It seems like there's a force that just like Mm -hmm. pushes him forward. It's fate. That force is fate. Is it fate or is it like horniness? It's fate. He just like kind of like starts kissing her and pushes her against a wall. And they're making out and they do that sexy tumble thing into the bed. He kind of pulls up and looks at her in the eyes. She sees that when the light hits his eyes, one of them Mm -hmm. is actually a little green. Yeah. And she's like, you have one blue eye, one green eye. That's the moment she realizes like, oh, my God, this is the man I conjured when I was a kid. And she gets freaked out and then she just runs away. And as she gets home, she she hears one of her daughters screaming Yeah. Sally hightails it up to the attic and Jilly looks like the chick from The Exorcist. She's like thrashing and bowing in the bed. Mm -hmm. Jillian is very obviously possessed. And uh, Gary, the investigator, had chased after Sally because he shows up Mm -hmm. not shortly after. With his gun drawn. I know. He's like pointing his gun at Jillian because as he gets there, the ghost of Jimmy the Bulgarian like comes out of Jillian's body. He like peels out of her body like a banana. Oh, my God. It's so creepy. Obviously, Gary, the investigator, is extremely confused. Well, yes, he's seeing a literal ghost talking to him and he's, you know, has his gun pointed at him. But it's like, Mm -hmm. that's the thing about ghosts. Like, you can't shoot them. I mean, I guess you could try, but... Jimmy the Bulgarian actually sticks his hand into Gary's chest, like into his chest. It's like he was trying to rip his heart out, but he touched the star badge he touched the talisman jimmy jerks his hand out and his ghost hand has the imprint of gary's badge it was almost like the badge Uh burned him gary sort of notices what went on and he pulls the badge out and holds it up towards jimmy's spirit he sort of sizzles and disintegrates disintegrates into smoke and ash Well, Gary is conflicted because Gary just saw a ghost. So he's like, he's like, listen, I took an oath to uphold the law and I don't know what the hell just happened in there. Like, obviously, Jimmy is dead, right? Because he just saw the ghost. And obviously, Mm -hmm. these women are implicated somehow and he doesn't know what's going on. But Gary does say, you asked me how many times I read your letter. 
I read your letter a thousand times. He says, mm-hmm. your letter is actually the reason I came here. And I'm really mixed up about that. Sally essentially spills her guts. She says that this pull he has towards her it's because of the spell she made when she was little that it's it's not real and if he stays she's always going to wonder whether it was real or because of the spell and he would wonder the same thing and she walks away from him and he just said i wish for you too oh my god that gary mr officer my goodness well gary does respect Sally's wishes and he does leave but dude when Sally goes back inside Jillian um is still possessed it's worse this time it is worse this time because possessed Jilly goes up and she goes to like hug Sally and then she starts licking Sally's face and whispers in her ear yeehaw vomit immediate vomit immediately into my mouth What's crazy is that Sally realizes like, oh, my gosh, you know, now Jimmy has control of Jillian's Mm -hmm. body. And so Sally knocks Jillian out. She like punches her and knocks her out. Yeah. And then the aunts come home and they're like, oh, shit. They actually tie Jilly up. Mm -hmm. So they tie Jilly to a chair and they're like, you know, we need to... you know, banish the spirit. The aunts tell Sally, we need a full coven. Like we need like maybe 12 women. They're like, you know, nine would work. 12 would be better. Yeah. And so Sally, she starts calling the phone tree. Yeah. She activates the phone tree and she just, she calls them and she's like, Hey, listen, you know, all those rumors about me being a witch. Yeah. I'm a witch and I need, I need help. And dude, the town women are so excited. Yeah, the town women, dude, they show up and they show out. It's probably the most exciting thing to happen to them, like, their entire lives. Girl, it would be the same with us. And they all kind of, you know, they have a couple minutes before they actually see Jillian, where they're all just kind of gossiping about, like, weird witchy things that happen to them. And you could tell that they all just want to feel special. Like, they all want to feel like they're also witches. I feel like they all just wanted to This is the classic... They bully you because they're jealous. Mm -hmm. And these women really did bully Jilly and Sally because they were jealous. The women all walk into a room where Jillian is tied to a chair and Jillian looks rough. She does. She looks like she's coked out of her mind and has been for the past 27 days. She is just drenched in sweat, pale as a ghost, just writhing in the chair. I mean... And and that's when the mood shifts from like playful, like, oh, my God, we're doing witchy things to like, oh, shit, there is a demon inside this woman's body. The aunts are giving the townswoman instructions. And what they're doing is they're making a circle sort of with their brooms and then they hold it up at waist length, like waist high. Mm -hmm. They're holding it to make a circle, like a protective circle to keep Jimmy in the circle. Right. They start chanting. And as they chant, it takes the women like a little bit to like kind of catch up and figure out what they're supposed to be saying. But as they start chanting, their voices start to merge and you can hear this power building and building and building. Yeah. And at first you think it's worked. But then Jimmy is like, I think he gets to the point where Jimmy basically says, 
listen, if I'm leaving, Jilly's leaving with me. Right. It seems to be hurting Jillian. The chanting is making Mm. Jillian writhe and scream and pictures start falling from the wall. And Sally gets scared and Sally breaks the circle. Sally's laying on the outside of the circle. Jilly's laying on the inside of the circle. And Sally is just begging Jilly to be okay and to be strong. And Jillian's given up at this point. She's just like, let him take me. He just wants me. Just let him take me. And then and then Sally, she gets the idea to redo the blood oath. Mm-hmm. They hold Jillian down and then Sally cuts into her hand and then Sally cuts into her own hand. And she does the blood bond that they did right before they parted ways mm-hmm. when Jilly ran away from home. And something happens. There's this big burst of power. You know, obviously they have powerful blood and there's something in their bond as sisters. And it seems to vanquish Jimmy. Like Jimmy's Mm -hmm. energy force or whatever gets expelled from Jillian's body. And then it's like floating overhead. And, And then it crashes. And then it falls down like a bunch of dust on the floor. And this is really funny because this is actually a thing with witchcraft is that they sweep it out the back door mm-hmm. because you sweep negative things. Like when you like do like a floor wash or when you sweep, you're always supposed to sweep out the back door because you don't want things coming into your house. Mm. So you sweep it out the back door. They do. They sweep the ashes of Jimmy out the back door and then they pour a boiling spell over it yeah it's like an elixir to finish him off so um i'm thinking like okay but the dude's body is still in your backyard but you know okay no i think the body like evaporated okay because that's that's how science works (laughs) yes it's science magic is just spicy science magic is just spicy science don't fight it Mm mm-hmm We get a voiceover from Sally where she basically says, like, I think something happened that night. I think that night we broke the curse. Like, I think we broke our ancestors' curse that night. Yeah. And I don't really get it. I don't really get how she would know that. I don't know either. I think it might just be like a feeling. Mm -hmm. But she also gets a letter in the mail, a pack. It's like a little, it's like a big envelope. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's from Gary the detective. Um, This is the most 90s criminal investigation ever because the letter says oh yeah we've done a positive identification of jimmy by a ring that was found in ashes because apparently there was some fire so i don't know it seems like it seems like gary has been hard at work burning buildings down to plant the ring that he found to then say that jimmy was in there that's hot Gary, are you breaking the law for me, Mr. Officer? I don't know. I guess at some point there was a fire. I mean, we it's it's all vague, you know, it's all vague. It was like, listen, don't ask questions. There was a fire. There's ashes. We found this ring and we decided that the ring is positive identification for a body like that's that can only happen in the 90s like that wouldn't fly today. It would absolutely not fly today. And and then Jilly says to her, you're not going like nothing's going to change if you just sit here thinking about him, mm-hmm. you know, and here's what I don't understand. Sally looks at Jilly and says, what would you do? Why the fuck are you asking for Jilly's opinion and advice on men? I know she has the worst. Well, Jillian says the most Jillian thing ever. She says, what wouldn't I do for the right guy? And I'm just like, 
Barf. There's nothing Jilly wouldn't do for the wrong guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, that that was uh, Jillian's advice is uh, basically burn your life to the ground for the right guy and the wrong guy and really just any guy. Hey, it's a guy. Do it. Just do it is Jillian's model when it comes to anything with a penis. But you know what? Sally does actually get her happily ever after. Yeah, that night, Sally basically sends for Gary by, like, letting a maple leaf float in the air. And then way off in Arizona, Gary just perks up like, I need to go to Sally. And then he finds her in the woods. They share a kiss in the golden hour light of the setting sun as the aunts and Jillian watch giggling. Weird. It's weird and beautiful. But it's perfect. It's like a perfect happily ever after, though. I love it. But yeah, Sally gets her happily ever after, and she believes that they that they broke Maria's curse. And I'm like, girl, you have to believe it, because what are the options? This man's going to die, too. But honestly, like, would you rather have a trail of, like, would you rather be a widow or a spinster? That's a weird question, Courtney. I don't want to, I don't, I don't know. I feel weird about that would question. Would you rather be happy? F- I would rather have a cemetery of dead men than be alone. <laughs> Same. Same. <laughs> okay. Um, we end on Halloween night. We end at Halloween night where all of the Owens women mm-hmm. are doing what they do on Halloween, which is they dress all in black dresses and black hats And they have black umbrellas and they jump off the roof of their house. Yeah. I mean, listen, again, I I was obsessed with this movie when I was younger. Same. And the fact that I didn't jump from my third story apartment fire escape with an umbrella is a miracle. Listen, I have tried to do this off of a garage roof once and it does not work like this. How old were you? Was this last week? No, I was 10, 11. All right. Well, this is where this movie leaves us. Um, I it kind of hit a little different, but not too not too differently. I think it, it held up pretty well. It very thoroughly withstood the test of time. Yeah. Well, stay tuned uh, because we have uh, more kind of spooky season movies coming up. Nothing too scary because I'm a wuss. Yeah. Uh, can you say the cauldron is empty this time? Oh. Oh. The okay. The cauldron is empty for today. Don't worry. More is brewing it on the way. We'll be back with more next week. We'll see you next time. Bye.